Welcome, Temple family and friends. We're so glad to have you joining us for another episode of Temple Talk. This podcast aims to engage our faith community through thoughtful biblical discussions centered on God's Word. Our goal is to explore Scripture together to discover the wisdom it has for our lives. In this podcast, we'll be diving deep into God's truths and discussing how they impact our daily living. We're eager to unpack the riches of the Bible with you all, our extended church family. And now, here's Temple Talk. Welcome, Temple family and friends. Welcome back to another episode of Temple Talk. I'm your host, Tuck. And, and I'm I- here. My name's Bennett Holloway. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I like to disrupt your normal routine, Tuck. Thank you. I yes, appreciate no that. Problem, buddy. You caught me off guard <laughs> and made me jump a little bit. I'm sneaky. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Uh, and uh, and this week we are walking through uh, Dr. Ewart's message of what he calls the fullness of time, no glass between. And uh, and he got to this kind of at the end of the lesson of that that heartwarming story of a boy who had always looked at the toys through the the glass window of the sh- store shop, um, and then was finally given a toy, and he said, "There's no glass here." And yep. Dr. Ewart related that to us having having the Messiah here on earth, right, right here with us. Yeah. And so the, a little bit of a spoiler alert, right? <laughs> and so, you know, whenever you first sit down and you, he begins the sermon and he's got the title up there um, and the kind of no glass between, you're like, what does this mean? Where are we going? Where mm-hmm. are we going with this? And it wasn't until the very end that he pulled it around and uh, it began to make sense. So I definitely encourage you guys to jump in and go watch that, go listen to that. Uh, at temple.church and uh, check out that content. But we're going to be walking through it. So once you've done that, jump back over, listen to us here, um, because a lot of it that we're unpacking is under the assumption that you've listened to this message. You're kind of getting uh, the, the foundation of the biblical framework that we're building upon or even transferring to direct application. So I just think that's a that's a thing that we strongly encourage you guys to do. And that's the, the main pathway, the, that's the way we're utilizing this tool mm-hmm. as a podcast right now. It's under the assumption of uh, we're building upon, um, we're uh, pontificating about uh, the sermon yeah. that was Going preached. deeper. Yes, yeah. yes. And sermons are, are special in that you, you reach that wide audience, right? Right, yep. But that also has the difficulty because you can have a brand new Christian, especially in this season, that has never been to church before and was invited along, right. and, and we need to be able to speak to that person. And then you've got people in the audience that have been Christians living the life for 70, 80 years, right. and and there's no way to differentiate your lesson to, to really go so deep because you can't leave people behind. Right. Um, and so that's the idea of this as well is, okay, let's, let's reach maybe a little bit smaller audience. Let's go a little bit deeper. Let's have a conversation, whereas a sermon is, is by nature just kind of a one-way. Monological, yeah. Yep. So something that is important to even acknowledge, even while we're sitting there and breaking down sermons, is you know our desire as we craft and we communicate a sermon that's led by the Holy Spirit in the preparation and execution of it, but we're wanting to make sure that we're hitting and taking into consideration that audience that's before us. So we know people are there for the very first time. Uh, and what I would almost argue... Uh, that almost guides things a little bit more. It's not just like the age or the length of time that they've been around or saturated in the gospel message, um, but their maturity personally. And so if you've got people uh, that are just consumers of the word in their private life and and studious and pursuitful and trying to understand the mysteries of God, uh, and you've got people that have come in and all they know 
is what brokenness feels like. And they're, they're desperate for a sense of hope and stability um, in this chaotic life. Like there, there's these balances to recognize that, yes, um, this is the gospel. So for those that, that are pursuing um, really mature, a mature relationship with Jesus Christ, like these are reminders that we must keep at the forefront of our minds. But those who have yet not yet heard, like this is the truth. And so this Sunday was definitely one of those messages. Mm-hmm. It was one that was to encourage and remind us and articulate from, from almost Genesis to Revelation, this understood nature of there's no more glass between, right? There's no more barrier. It has been broken. And that Emmanuel moment that God with us as he stepped down, that we celebrate and recognize this next weekend is, is really a – it was the focus on this message, and it was a lot of fun as we unpacked John chapter 1. Absolutely. So John chapter 1, he starts, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So as we, as we look at that and we kind of unpack this eternal nature of, you know, what we eventually find is Jesus being named the Word – um, and he kind of talks through this this idea that in the beginning, at the you know Genesis one, Jesus is there, and he has been a part of the entire Old Testament without being named, and then we eventually and finally see him born into the world, um, and this view of of Christmas, you know, unpack that a little bit for us, go, go a little bit deeper. How does that reshape our view of of this eternal Jesus? Okay, so. There's a couple things that I want to hit as we go on this journey of acknowledging in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. So, one, he references it, and it can't be skipped over, this acknowledgement of the beginning of time. Before time even itself began, there was God, right? And so we believe in this Trinitarian God, this Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and in the beginning, they existed. And so as, as, as we begin to better, I just want you to understand how, how crazy this concept is, is that, that Jesus Christ, before the existence of anything, was. The same Jesus Christ that John walked with, that he was, he was called by, that, that he loved, that he followed, that he saw die, that he experienced through the resurrection, that then he experienced the empowerment of the Holy Spirit and a life of ministry, but also a life of persecution. They couldn't kill him. But it, what's tough about this is we fail to actually even remember all of those he loved died. All of those he served with died. They all we're led to death. And so this person is here articulating to us how the word became flesh. And so he goes in, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. This word attribute given to Logos, this is Jesus Christ. Uh, he touches it again in verse 14, where he says, And the word became flesh mm-hmm. and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace 
and truth. So John's matching it up. He's saying it's, it's poetic and it's beautiful. It parallels the creation story, and yet it's the full revelation of God in the person of Christ. And so this is what's so interesting about this, and this is what really challenges us, and this is really the, how your questions really set up. Um, the eternal aspect of the Word of God displayed in verse 1 parallels the eternal attributes of the person of Christ seen in verse 14. Now, if we look at the entire breadth of Scripture from Genesis to Revelation, while Jesus Christ comes on the scene being born of Mary in the Gospels and the consequences of that established in the church through Acts and then through the epistles uh, and the Pauline letters, as we kind of see this stuff being built as the I guess the, the, the consequences of Jesus' birth, death, and resurrection, you can't miss him in the Old Testament. These, and these moments in Scripture are called Christophanies. If you know what you're looking for. Right? Mm -hmm. And so Christophanies are these moments in time that you see in the Old Testament, the person of Christ. And so there's a couple Christophanies that are attributed to Jesus Christ, and these are debated, of course, um, because it's mere interpretation of the word. Um, but whenever we sit there and look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that fourth person mm -hmm. in the fire, that's attributed to, that, that was Christ in that moment. When we see different moments throughout the Old Testament, we see the person of Jesus Christ represented not only in creation, but throughout this story, as we work towards the fullness of time, the perfect moment when the sending of the Son was necessary. So what the world believes, right, is either Jesus didn't exist or he did and he was just a really good guy. He was human, mm -hmm. which is half of the story, <laughs> right? He was 100% man to that, yes, but he was also God. Therefore, he was also and is eternal. He has no beginning or end. This was the person of Christ. The Word in the beginning was the Word. Skip down to 14, and the Word became flesh. So this eternal understanding of the revealed really the glory of God revealed through the person of Christ, the will of God revealed through the person and the life of Christ. He, he is eternal. He always has been. And what does that mean too? He always will be. He's the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the end. So a lot of the things that I love about Christmas are mainly because of who I found Jesus Christ to be. <laughs> And it even more gets me excited to celebrate his coming because of the consequences that I've experienced in my life and in my family's life and that I know will impact me for all of eternity because of his sovereignty. And so um, the no glass, no glass between was a lot of fun, and I've loved how we've stepped into uh, the eternal nature of the word and uh, really John eloquently walking us through from the beginning to the end. He is sovereign and good. Verse 2 says, He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him was not anything that was made. And so that is a really an eternal aspect that reshapes how we see Christmas 
because it is not just the birth of a baby. It is an eternal God stepping down into the dirt with us. And it's a different story when you mm-hmm. think of it that way. Now, thinking through the eternal nature, obviously, you know, you, you mentioned there is no beginning, there is no end. But for the earthly portion of this Jesus that we know, there is a beginning and an end. You know, right. when we think about the end being the, the death, the burial, the resurrection, and, and then the ascension. We don't all, and, and we think about the sacrifice of that. We often call it a, a sacrifice both of Jesus and the Father to see him crucified and sacrificed. Right. But we don't always think about the sacrifice of him being incarnate into a baby. And Dr. Ewart touched on that, right. of that is a sacrifice as well to give up his fully, um, you know, spiritual nature and become flesh. Mm-hmm. Talk us through how, you know, how that looks as a sacrifice, because he didn't lose any of his godly nature. He gained um, a physical nature, but but how is that a sacrifice as well? No, that's good, because this question also, depending on how people interpret the scripture, it actually leads people down different forms of thought that have been debated for a long period of time, mm-hmm. and it's on the divinity of Jesus Christ. Because in Philippians 2, verses 6 through 8, it says, Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So it's this understanding that 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 Jesus Christ he he emptied himself, right? And and he another way to say it is um, he forwent he, he forwent his forego. He decided to surrender some of his divine privileges mm-hmm. in order to experience life on earth as both man and God. And so there is a humbling, there is a sacrifice, there is a step down that took place in him coming, there was a a sacrifice that he made by choice of stepping down to be born of Mary. And so just his willingness to choose that, let alone endure out of obedience to the point of death, even death on a cross, Mm -hmm. to experience that in relentless pursuit of the creation that which he participated in creating, right? is something that is very difficult to just accept. It's difficult to understand. It's tough to comprehend, especially when we look in the mirror and think, are we really worth that? And in his mind, we are. Yeah. Which is fun. It's humbling. So if we think about, you know, Dr. Ewart mentioned through, um, you know, Jesus tabernacling with us. And obviously, you know, we've, we've seen the idea of tabernacling from the Old Testament. God came down in the form um, of a pillar of fire, a pillar of smoke, um, and then had that physical tabernacle, um, but yet was still so separate from us. Now we see that same idea of the Jesus tabernacling with us, but this time he's so much more close. He's, he's personable. And for a lot of people, um, was there with them on a day-to-day basis and introduced that idea of, of friendship and love on a 
person-to-person basis with God himself. Um, You know, and I think that bridges, he mentioned, it bridges the gap created by sin, allowing us to actually approach him despite our sinful natures. And, you know, how do we view that and how do we not go too far? You know, it's sometimes easy to be a little cavalier with our sin um, because we know how much God loves us and wants to forgive us. Um, and sometimes it's it's hard to ride that line between, you know, knowing that we are forgiven and finding that disgust for sin. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. The, so let's tackle two. There's two sides of this that we can sit in for a little bit. One of them is this tabernacling nature um, of that we see this progression of tabernacling mm-hmm. that we see throughout Scripture, right? We we see the establishment of His people through the covenant, uh, through the really the touch with Abraham as He begins to to develop these offspring and these descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, this promised land, as He through the deliverance of of the Israelites out of Egypt and through Moses and this new covenant through the Old Testament and this so this 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 traveling through the wilderness that they go on through the lack of by the lack of their faith we see god establishing these rules and 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 this this religion between uh man and sinful man and holy perfect god and we get to see some of the heart of god towards his creation that we that we see now more than they did then, but then we'll see even more to really to completeness whenever we are in his presence completely forever. And so what we're looking at is the people of God were traveling in the wilderness and God leads them to understand the rules and regulations that are required for their sake, <laughs> for their for their well-being because of the holiness of God and how he desired to tabernacle to, to take up residence in the middle of his people. And so they would set up tents all mm-hmm. around, right, the tabernacle. The tabernacle had different, different thresholds of exposure to the presence of God and different practices that allowed people into deeper levels of intimacy and, and proximity to the presence that sat upon the Ark of the Covenant, right? The covering of the Ark um, sat the presence of God, and and you see him displaying himself through a, a pillar of light by night and a cloud by day. And when it moved, they moved and mm-hmm. went and set up camp and put you know the tabernacle at the center, and the presence of God was carried with them. And so they they, they experienced really the beginning uh, of what was broken back with Adam and Eve in the garden. Right. Like right. So so God dwelt with Adam and Eve. And the relationship was perfect until sin entered. And this breaking, we see moments of restoration uh, in that relationship as we see the tabernacle established and then inevitably the temple that is built. And then we see Jesus come on the scene. And it's Jesus tabernacling with his creation. It's just another level of intimacy and proximity uh, that that God reveals through His Son, it's it's another layer of the heart of a good Father that we get to see in 
uh, the Trinity, and we get to be benefactors of since we're born and we live now in this season of having the indwelling of the Holy Spirit post-Pentecost. So, so what we're looking at is this tabernacling nature, the slow progression of intimacy, first us being able to enter into the Holy of Holies, the innermost room, um, the innermost part. Now we're at a spot where after faith in Jesus Christ, God takes up residence in our innermost part, right? We're given the Holy Spirit. And so instead of us being um, in his presence, now we're realizing he is, he's, he takes a residence in us, and, and that's the only way it can be in, right now. And so um, we're experiencing just such a blessing to be alive in this moment of all of eternity um, because now, yeah, he's, he's still de- he's in the tabernacling business still. Um, yes, he's everywhere. He's omnipresent, but he takes up residence in the lives of the believers uh, that have put their faith in Jesus Christ. And as a down payment, as a deposit of our faith um, in Jesus, of uh, being saved by him, we've received the Holy Spirit in part, and we're experiencing him move in powerful ways in our lives, not only through sanctification and conviction and revelation about who he is uh, as he glorifies the Son, um, but also through the empowerment of the giftedness uh, to make an impact for the expansion of his kingdom uh, and in the church that we've been called to here at Temple. So uh, the tabernacling is something that I just, uh, I love and I'm passionate about. Um, and I think that it, it really is beautifully displayed in a tangible way through the manger mm-hmm. and through the birth of Jesus. And so that verse 14, I just keep going back to it. And the word became flesh and dwelt uh, amongst men. So I just, um, it's a blessing. Yeah, love it. All right, so as we are growing close to the season, you know, um, Christmas is coming up next week. Um, next Sunday is a Christmas Eve service. Yes. For many people, this is the one time a year or one of two that that they may come to a service. Um, And I want to talk through, you know, how we convey to people, um, because I feel like in this season, people are a little bit more open than sometimes they would be. Um, Walk us through uh, just for a little bit for our third chair. Maybe somebody is um, either talking to someone, whether it is a family or a friend um, or getting ready to invite them. How can we convey this full Christmas message from the cradle to the cross um, to someone that, that matters to us? Yeah. So how can we convey it? Uh, context, I think, is key. Um, so one, I'd first begin by praying, uh, Lord, put someone on my heart or put someone in my path that needs to hear your truth experience your love, and experience your peace. And so after I get done praying for eyes like his and a burden like his uh, for people that he loves and as a benefactor of his pursuit of humanity and the sacrifice he's made, I want to share that. And so I'm praying for eyes to see opportunities like this, right? So first I get my heart right and I get my eyes lined and, uh, and, and start with prayer. And then the next thing I would do 
Liz, I would <laughs> borderline every single time you lock eyes with someone or you have a dialogue with someone or you have a lunch date with someone or you talk with someone, I would privately ask the Lord Jesus, is this an answer to my prayer? Mm-hmm. Is this right here? Is this the moment? Is this an answer to my prayer? Is this a practical moment that you've placed in my life that I asked for when it comes to sharing the good news that I've experienced? Because chances are, um, man, like you said, that in this season— People are hungry and thirsty. Um, they're tired and they're weary. They're broken. They're depressed. They're stressed. Or they're just sad, man. And uh, I, I, I believe that. We believe that. We know that. People are more open to hearing about who Christ is and what he's done in this season and around Easter than any other time. And so um, stepping in to being one uh, aware and present in moments and not chaotic or hustle and bustle and stressed. Um, So again, also the other side, that's going to require some margin to be put in your life to where you're not getting the 900 things done today that you need to get done to be able to survive the holiday season. Uh, I think that being intentional um, with surrendering some things and maybe adjusting expectations and giving space intentionally to the Lord so that you are open to spontaneous conversations with people mm-hmm. is key. So creating margins. And then every single dialogue, every single moment, every single conversation, you're saying, Lord, is this one of those? Is this what I prayed for today? Is this person the person that I described to you? What? And then, and then say, Lord, what are you wanting to say? Right here in this very moment, how are you wanting to love, encourage, and care for, speak truth into or over this person right here, right now? And then just say it. And sometimes what that means is uh, words of encouragement. Sometimes that means it's you stopping and praying for someone, asking them for prayer, if there's anything you can pray over them about. Sometimes it means a spontaneous bit of information that you know the Lord wants to share with them. Sometimes that means quite simply, hey, where do you go to church? Would you like to join me and my family this Sunday? Have you been in a small group? Would you like to jump in with us? Um, that's happened to me a couple times, honestly, in the last two weeks. Uh, I've come across two different couples where it's like, hey, and I even went out to eat with one of them, um, uh, the guy. Uh, we went out to eat last week over lunch. I was like, listen, man, I want to know your story. I want to hear who you are and and I, I think that you would love our small group. Mm-hmm. I, you, come sit in. You and your wife. Come sit with my wife and I on Wednesday nights. We'd love to hang out with you. And uh, I think that you would like a lot of the people in our small group. So these intentional – it doesn't need to be any big, crazy, scary thing. You don't have to write a sermon. No. You just <laughs> sit there and you, you look them in the eyes, recognize that they're just like you. There's levels of insecurity. There's levels of doubt. There's levels of brokenness, frustration, smashed dreams and, and, and lies that they believe. All of this make up every single one that we see. The one thing that changes everything for us is not this like puffed up knowledge of superiority. It's this brokenness of a savior that humbled himself and has shown us love, grace, forgiveness, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control, all of these things through faith. And I don't know how to make that. I can't give that, but I can show you the person that can. 
and it may take a lot of time, and it may be something that you're on the cusp. Maybe you're right there about to do it. You're just waiting for an excuse to jump. But, man, I want to hear you. I want to know you. You're valuable. You matter. Come join me in this journey that I'm on to figure out what in the world I'm doing on this big old rock for his glory and enjoy this season with me and my family at church. I mean, the the apostles did that when they were being called. He went to his brother right. and yeah. said, come see. And that's all he said. I found somebody. That's come right. and see. That's right. It's that, it's that come with me on this. Mm-hmm. It, it, and it takes all the burden off, Tuck. It takes the burden off your ability to answer every question. It takes the burden off having to be perfect. It takes the burden off all of these excuses that we pile on top of ourselves or the lies, honestly, I wouldn't be that the devil uses to try to keep our mouths silent. The accuser himself calling us different names, defining us by our sin, and and inevitably, man, it's in those spaces that Christ is most glorified. It's in those spaces that that he and what he did by coming here for me. Oh, man. How can I? Ah. So, big picture is, and if you don't know him, like know him, if you don't have a relationship with the creator of everything, that's where I'd start. And then in the morning, or in the car, or make it every time you have a drink of water or a coffee, spending time intentionally saying, God, thy will be done. Use every interaction I have today. Put on my heart people that I can intercede and pray for. Guide conversations. And if I need to start or create some, compel me to do it. Mm-hmm. But, man, I want... I want this Christmas to be the first one that someone experience in its fullness. Use me, God. And he will. That's what he does. That's quite literally his specialty. And not using perfect ones, not using sinless ones. Right. Um, using a bunch of messed up people like us. So... Um, I would just say, man, for that third chair, just be encouraged. And what typically is the thing that's keeping you from speaking is the very reason why you should. Because mm-hmm. it's about him, not you. It's about how much he loves even a guy like me. That actually gives him much more glory. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. The like, healthy that's people where, don't, need a, don't no. need a physician. No. So... Um, for me, making Jesus known, that virtue, man, that drives hard, that drives deep. Uh, and I think with intentionality, drive, uh, beginning it with being praying continually perfect, and worshiping God through all things. Uh, we can begin to live by the Bible and, and, and also make a point to intentionally make Jesus known. Like the, these virtues, some of those, man, that's key for me. Uh, and I guess uh, sharing joyfully, there's an attribute of that, of creating margin is sharing your time, being willing to mm-hmm. just stop, slow down, and be interruptible by God uh, for the sake of potentially a soul of another person. It was a beautiful thing. And so, um, 
yeah, that's how I would frame it for that third chair at the end of our podcast. Awesome. Well, before we wrap up, do you have any any final insights or thoughts from you? No, other than uh, Merry Christmas. Mm -hmm. I'm enjoying the season. My family's doing something a little weird, a little different. We're staying home and um, we're chilling and we don't have any family coming in. And so it's just a level of time that we get to just uh, be very intentional with our kids and very intentional with our time. I feel like our busyness just ended. And so yesterday was like the first day of our break. And, uh, and so it's nice. It's a lot of fun. Well, Temple family and friends, that brings us to the end of this week's episode on Temple Talk. Bennett, thank you so much for sharing your insights uh, and uh, working on this Christmas message with us. Uh, if you, our listeners, our third chair, if you have any follow-up questions or thoughts, feel free to reach out to us at temple.church or to drop us an email at templetalk at temple.church. Uh, and if you find this uh, discussion meaningful, uh, you can support Temple Talk by subscribing, leaving a rating or a quick review, um, and sharing with friends goes a long way in spreading the word. Um, share Temple Talk, share Jesus. Uh, so thank you so much for being part of our Temple family. And uh, until next time, may the grace and peace of Christ be with you all. Merry Christmas. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Temple Talk. We hope that digging into God's word together has enriched your perspective and brought encouragement. If you have any questions or topics you'd like to hear discussed on the podcast, feel free to email them at templetalk at temple.church. You can also visit our website at temple.church for more resources. We pray God will continue to bless you and your loved ones as you seek Him in Scripture. We'll see you next time on Temple Talk.